This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiaki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiaki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Science of Magic, where we combine the science and magic of today's challenges to co-create new solutions and promote evolutionary thinking. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring We Are the Ones. We are the ones the time is now. This message is repeatedly stated in visions and ancient prophecies from indigenous cultures worldwide. Not only is it a universal foretelling, but in all accounts, from the ancient Mayans to the Andeans, the forecast points to now. Wisdom keepers from all over the globe indicate the time has come to share ancient knowledge preserved for millennia. During the long dark, time of low frequency and polarization, the ancient wisdom was split apart and cast to the four corners of the earth. The mind ruled while the heart languished. Now is the time to reunite the sacred knowledge so we may once again live from the heart. Only then can we re-enter the circle of life and live as one with all of our relations. But what does it mean to live from the heart? What is this ancient wisdom? Who all has preserved it? How can ancient indigenous knowledge and living from the heart get us out of this modern mental mess we find ourselves in? Or can it? Our guest this hour, Jeffrey Wyam, may have some answers to these seemingly unanswerable questions. Jeffrey departed a 20-year career in media production to better understand and integrate the magical ways of life he encountered in the world. In 2006, Jeffrey founded the Wisdom Keepers Project, now in its 12th year. Its program and retreat offerings blend Western holistic paradigms with the workings of the Andean Holy Mountain tradition, energy medicine, quantum healing, psychosomatic bodywork, Reiki, Qigong, meditation, yoga, sound therapy, Conscious Parenting, Indigenous Living, Philosophy and Vision Quest Protocols, Initiations, and Interdenominational Ministry. Jeffrey is the producer of the film Wisdom Keepers, Paco Andino. His website, wisdomkeepersproject.org. Jeffrey, thanks so much for joining us on The Science of Magic. Oh, thanks for having me. So tell me, did I butcher the name of your film? No, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was I was struggling over that one. <laughs> yeah. So what what is that? Uh the Paco Andino. Uh, Paco Andino, uh the name Paco denotes um the wisdom keeper. It's um a master of living energy, you can say. One that has gone through the process of harmonizing with earth and the sky through the process of getting rid of the things that are out of harmony within themselves and what is left after that is uh creation itself. Amazing. Well, let's start out by defining the term wisdom keepers. Wisdom keepers, I would say, is someone who has uh, gone through their own experiential reality and gained knowledge, and then through the application of that knowledge, uh, contained wisdom of how things 
work and don't work. And that can either be passed down through the initiation process from a maestro to an apprentice, or it can just simply be kind of, as a Buddhist said, fall down seven times, get up eight. And then what's left over is the ability to walk down the sidewalk and walk around the pothole instead of going through it. Boy, there's a lot of us doing that falling down part right now, isn't there? Oh, myself included. (laughs) Well, I'll see you you in the pothole, huh? (laughs) Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Are are the wisdom keepers coming, why are they coming forth right now to share their knowledge? Well, there's a prophecy that's longer than 13,000 years old, and that's half of the uh, procession of equinoxes, as it's called, the 25,920-year cycle of our Milky Way galaxy making one uh, revolution on itself. And so at this time, they realized... um, that the Westerners, or what they call their younger brothers and sisters, their siblings, would uh, mature to a point experientially where they had realized that it wasn't working, and they would start to choose uh, truth over power. So the wisdom keepers are saying at this time, there'll be those from the north that find the light from the darkness of their time, or will be alchemists and be able to see into a situation, choose love, and then bring it to a, another resonance level. Well, we're going to have to take a commercial break, after which I'd really love to talk about this time that we find ourselves in. Jeffrey and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are aired daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzpn.net. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. The Science of Magic is proud to be produced by Relmar McConnell media company out of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Jeffrey Wyam. He's the producer of the film Wisdom Keepers and the founder of Wisdom Keepers Project, his website, wisdomkeepersproject.org. Jeffrey, we were just getting into why the time is now, why the indigenous people are all coming forward. And you spoke of the uh, uh, procession of equinoxes. Would you mind telling us a little bit of what that is? Yeah, that's a, a description of the rotation of the Milky Way galaxy. Um, all of the arms, the giant spiral, take 25,920 years to make one complete evolution. And that's the sync point for the Mayan calendar and other uh, timekeeping uh, for larger cosmic cycles as opposed to just the 365-day uh, Earth cycle of one year. You know, what I find fascinating, and maybe you can help me with this and maybe you can't, is, you know, the cultural base at the time when the Mayans built the calendar, there was no way. They didn't have telescopes. They didn't have, you know, they were supposedly sticks and stones kind of people almost. Mm. And yet they found the cosmic um, cycles that made the most um, uh, accurate calendar known to man. How did that happen? Well, they have larger databases, you might say. They lived in a time before the fall or before we forgot everything. And so they can trace their their knowledge back to time immemorial where, you know, without any electricity per se, you might say all you have is the stars to look and you start to see the subtleties of the movements and the larger cycles. You also have the birth legends, for example, the Andean legend of how they first arrived at Lake Titicaca in a place called Tiwanaku is exactly the same as the Dogon people in Mali. And so if you go back thousands of years, how did those two peoples from seemingly different uh, cultures and backgrounds have the exact same understanding of uh, Sirius C, um, which science didn't understand its uh, rotational, gravitational pull or even its existence until just a couple of decades ago. So there's a, a lot of information out there that we have simply forgot and that plays into the awakening that we're experiencing today. Do you think they shamanically accessed the information? Uh, yes, I would say it's very much a, a matter of um, perceptual reality, but it's also handed down from uh, higher intelligences, or you might even say off-planetary sources that actually came and seeded this planet. Amazing. And that but that would explain why everything's so it's, there's so much commonality between all the indigenous um, cultures, even though they were isolated um, Ex from each exactly. other. Exactly, yeah. Interesting. How can ancient indigenous knowledge be of use in these modern times? Well, I, I find that in modern times there's a lot of gaps. You know, growing up in the West myself, there was a lot of things that just weren't addressed, and that actually led to a great frustration because it was trying to find something that wasn't on the shelf in the supermarket, so to speak. And what I found after a decade or so of studying indigenous ways is that 
those heartways or heart forms fill the gaps of of modern life. So um, one of the prophecies in the Andes is, <clears throat> excuse me, is that when the eagle and the condor, the the mental intelligence and the emotional intelligence, fly together again, then humanity will come back into balance. So it's really learning how to use the heart intelligence as the main point of reference and use the mind for the intelligent tool that it is, but not the other way around. In the West, we tend to identify ourselves, um, who we are by what we do and what we think, and um, we can get out of balance that way. <laughs> can and did, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So would you explain what heart intelligence is exactly? I would say it's a it's an emotional state that's um, intrinsically feminine. And one of the aspects that we have lost is this masculinity We've lost the femininity to a masculinity or a dominance, um, a warring type of um, paradigm. And we've just simply swung from one side to the other, and now we're coming back together. So um, the feminine is coming back to take its position, but not in an overtaking, but in achieving a balance so that the sacred feminine can come forward and stand up in her own light and the sacred masculine can come forward and stand up in his light, so to speak. And that exists outside of ourselves and inside of ourselves. And we have to begin inside and take the responsibility that through our perceptual reality, we are creating everything. And, you know, use that term, one man's trash is another man's treasure. One person can look at one thing one way and one person can look at something another way. So heart intelligence is going beyond the reaction of the the mind and the psychosomatic creation that happens in the body, the perceptual awareness, and it allows us to address that our own mind at one year old creates a perspective of separation because it thinks from a point of view and therefore everything else is separate. Whereas heart intelligence recognizes that I am one cell in a larger organism, I am one finger on a different hand, like an aspen tree is just one upshoot of a, of a larger organism, and the largest organism of the aspen is 1,200 acres in size. So as we start to awaken, we realize that we're all different uh, perceptual points of view. That is one mind. Do you um, think that this, I'm sorry, no, do, you think, do you think that this masculine um, imbalance versus, I, I believe there's a time when we were in feminine imbalance. Do you think that that's what's being supported based on where we find our, our relative positioning in the galaxy at any time? Yeah, everything is a, a procession. That's a procession equinox. We go through different stages. So if we are to come to realization, you know, if we think of it incarnationally, I would believe that I want to be on both sides of the equation. So I understand what it's like to do something and then be on the receiving end. And then with both of those experiences, I put them together to create a knowledge or a wisdom. And then hopefully that will inform me how to conduct myself from both perspectives. So we get out of this duality space and we start to integrate and come back into a holistic paradigm aren't they all available at all times it's just what's being su more supported based on the frequencies we find ourselves in absolutely and it's also um, encouraged through um, outside influences so that means that each person is basically responsible it's up to them whether they want to embrace unity or try to stay in the old paradigm is that correct yeah, down here in the dimensions, you have free will, and um, that is given the chance to either turn left or turn right, depending on what your choice or perspective is. And you're absolutely right. We have everything. We're born with everything we need. And um, so it's just a matter of filtering through and seeing what works and doesn't work and, and hopefully choosing correctly. And I think that's what's happening now on the larger world stage. You have Everything raising up, one thing was repressed, the other one was in power, and now it's switched. So now everything's up and everything's irritated. And then at some point, we'll finally get to the realization that we're tired of being at war and we'll move through peace to our eternal essence, which has been there all along. It's just has been asleep or it's atrophied because it hasn't been um, taken care of through the years. So one of the things I say is if you want to know God, whatever God means to you, Get rid of everything you're not, and what's left over is that eternal space. You speak of indigenous living. What is that exactly? I would say indigenous living is the original earthways that are in a harmonic with all life itself, that understands that there's a animistic uh, principle or a, a consciousness that not only exists in everything, but is a part of everything, and indigenous uh, ways of life 
are ones that call upon that in order to create the largest harmonic for the greater good. There's way too many of us on the planet right now to return to total indigenous ways. What do you see as the options? I think it's that balance. It's taking the indigenous heart forms and putting them into the gaps we find that have come out of specializing and, and focusing on on quarterly production, for example. So it's it's not going back, but it's going forward and reintegrating everything so that our decisions are based on what not only what is best for what I perceive to be me, but more so what's based on for the person in front of me or going to the Iroquois nation, what's best for the seven generations ahead of me. Isn't there an answer that um, fulfills all of that? Absolutely. Any dilemma? <laughs> Absolutely. Love. <laughs> and I think that's just where we've, we've, we've grown afraid of each other. You know, we, we have experiences. We think there are certain things our friends or people tell us, oh, this is what I believe, and you should think this, and you should think that. And we have sports that say this team of, against that team. And we have all these constructs that we've created for separation. And now we've explored separation to the nth degree. And now I think we're going to naturally turn back and realize I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of being separate. And it, that is probably the greatest journey that anyone will ever make, that journey back from the head back down to the heart. And again, that, that prophecy, when the eagle of the north and the condor of the south fly together, where did that originate? I'm not, I can't say where it originated. I wasn't there at the time, but I, I do know it, it is very strongly through the Andean tradition, and um, it replies, it applies to the intelligence of the mind and the emotional intelligence of the heart. And so many have translated as, a, well, this national war against this one and this and that and the next thing. You know, they try to look at it as a, a global political thing, but it never seemed like that to me. It always seems like the head and the heart. Yeah, yeah. I would say it, it originates from the idea that we know the galaxy is going through a time of separation, only to return again to the light um, once we finish that part of duality. Mm. You know, the true nature of reality has been coming into question as of late. Do we create our perceptual reality? I think so. I think, you know, if we look at it scientifically, science recognizes that the mind itself, as it develops around one uh, year of age, as I was mentioning earlier, creates a, a perspective where they say, this is me and that over there is something else. And that initially causes that sense of separation. And then dualistic experiences and influences in our environment tend and to cause us to think in those terms. And then everything is supported and goes along that path. And after a while, we have this uh, situation we've created, and, which is wholly unto itself. You know, there's a saying that everything is an unfoldment of creation. And so everything has its place as an opposite so that we can find the middle way is what Buddha was talking about, for example. It being cyclic, there is no right or wrong, simply where you find yourself in the galaxy at any given time. And the experience there. Uh, is up to the the chooser. That goes back to the free will we were talking about. It's There is no right or wrong. There's just information, you know. I feel like if I hadn't fallen down, if I hadn't hurt myself, hurt others, um, had situations that were very difficult, I would have never had the opportunity to say, hey, that doesn't work. I want to try something different. So it's. I find it's very important not to think in terms of mistakes or right and wrong or up and down, but I think of like roomies, you know, there's a field out and beyond, right and wrong, I'll meet you there. And that's a, a really beautiful place that needs to be, I think, instructed down to our very basic levels in elementary school. So we start out in these paradigms instead of having to run into walls at 100 miles an hour and lay down and recognize that the accident or the illness or the heartache or whatever it is or experiences is actually an ally of consciousness that's helping us to awaken to give us a perspective of what may not be working or what may be painful so that we try something new. I know as a parent, I always tried to allow my children to make their mistakes while they were under my wing and right. just say something along the lines of, well, that didn't work so well. How would you try <laughs> that next time? Yeah, yeah I think so, we need to be easy with ourselves and, and realize, okay, that doesn't work. And instead of being embarrassed or even afraid that we may lose a job, lose a friend, lose face, whatever it is, sit in the kind of the the humility of, wow, that didn't work. And, you know, I think we're suffering from a drunkenness of our mind right now on a larger scale. I know that when I'm 
in my we're going to have to pick up on the drunken mind on the other side of a short pause. <laughs> okay. Jeff, Jeffrey and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so don't you go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. 
Our guest this hour, Jeffrey Wyam, is the producer of the film Wisdom Keepers. His website, wisdomkeepersproject.org. Jeffrey, we were talking about the drunken mind, and it occurs Mm -hmm. to me that as we enter these higher frequency times, the mind being relatively polarized is really being challenged to be able to keep up and, and translate the information. Yeah. I would agree. You know, one of the things is, that has happened is the, the right lobe of our mind, the feminine, all intuitive, knowing mind has been in the backseat to the analytical, over fearful left mind that is always sitting in opposite of itself. And so what has happened is we've come out of balance and we've kind of become drunk on, on, on thinking about everything. And really, we're kind of afraid not to think. But ironically, our culture is based on, on smarts, you know, based on analytical skills we're given raises and and accolades based on how well we can think about something and i think it might be time just to to back out of that and and sit in the the not knowing because that to me is where the true wisdom wisdom lies in the not knowing i like that a lot um do you think that the separation of the mind you know that we've been talking about and uh polarized existence how does that uh interface or does it with intuition I think it's just one foot. So we've been hopping along on the left foot, so to speak, for a very long time, thinking and analyzing. And and uh, now we just need to employ the other side, which is the intuitive. In the Andes, they have uh, one of the wisdom centers is called the Yachai, and that is a marriage of intuitive intelligence and experiential knowledge. How did you end up working with the Andeans? Quite by accident, actually, is a joke. I hurt myself filming a reality TV show, of all things, and it turned out to be my reality check, where I woke up to realize I was pretty much on my left side of my mind. And through the process of having everything broken down for me and going into what is perceived to be a hardship, it turned out to be the greatest gift I've ever received because it it gave me a, a chance to really look at everything instead of just continuing along in, in the momentum I'd built up in my professional career. One of those proverbial potholes. Yeah, and it was a deep one, you know. It was <laughs> it was kind of like, ow, okay, thank you. And that's why I call it the allies of consciousness, because I wasn't able to have a perspective that perhaps this was a limited way of operating until I realized I, you know, found the pothole, so to speak. And then that was the thing that helped me realize um, that I needed to do something different. And that was the real gift. And I think in our culture, we don't look at those events for what they are. And in the same way, we're not supported while we're having a breakdown. Whereas in indigenous cultures, the whole clan comes together and supports the mental breakdown, for example, as a visioning process or the fever as a visioning process. So we need to realize that illness is simply some a breakdown in communication between the soul through the photonic light that informs our DNA, that informs our organism, that grows our body. And when we have a breakdown in the the nutrients, so to speak, the actual frequency of light from our soul, our body goes into imbalance and then we have health problems. And that is part of the wisdom that's contained in the ancient ways that uh, modern medicine, for example, just hasn't come to realize yet and is in the process. And it's beautiful because the new physics and the mystical ways are having a very beautiful dance right now. Yeah, science and magic are on a collision course, aren't they? Dancing away, the tango, yep. (laughs) How can we transform how we perceive and interact with the world around us? A short of, like in my case, running into a bridge and losing your short-term memory, or in yours, falling into a pothole. (laughs) Right. I would say to take a breath and allow ourselves a space so we don't think we have to know the answer. One thing I've come to understand and appreciate so deeply is the space of not knowing because the only way we can know something is to have a space of not knowing. The only way we can find comfort is if we have a discomfort that we create comfort from. You don't create comfort from comfort. You don't create ease from disease. So if we allow ourselves um, the great question and even so much as sit back in a reposed, reclined position and say, I don't know what is best, And then ask for signs and signals, have a dialogue or what people might call prayer to the unseen and eternal forces. And it takes a lot of courage to sit in that space and allow the universe to show up and orchestrate itself to support you, as opposed to thinking we're all alone, this is the only life, we're the only intelligent species, and we have to do it all ourselves. And that, I think, is part of the problem or 
part of the temporary imbalance, I should say, um, is that we operate from a scarcity and a separation. Whereas, for example, in the Andes, the Quechua language doesn't even have the word to have. There's no possessive. So therefore, there's no isolation. There's no separation. It's you really a met. Sorry, it's, it's really a, a space of allowing what has never been to happen without us getting in the way. I've often said that everything we own actually owns a piece of us. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> and it freezes us in place, doesn't it? It does. It, it's when we operate on the, what we have, um, we get into trouble. And that goes right into the fight or flight mechanism. When we enter into a, a state of fear, we base all of our actions on what happened yesterday or before because it's trying to keep us safe. And when doing so, it, it disregards or disallows anything new to happen. So we have to allow ourselves to go into those spaces, be mindful enough to recognize that our mind is trying to keep us safe based on old paradigms, but that really isn't necessarily the best way to go. And so if all we know is war, we may think we're safe in war, but it's not true. And I find that all the time working with people, both in one-on-one and and in group settings. It's about being in the present moment then. It is, and it's also sitting in a place where you don't think you know what the outcome's going to be based on the limited constructs of the mind. Well, isn't the outcome based on uh, the past, superimposing the events of the past and projecting them onto the future? That's one aspect, but that's a very limited point of view. I would say the the true wisdom keepers or the, the, the intelligence that sits in the heart is to recognize that any outcome is possible and one man's trash is another's treasure. So if I have someone coming at me, screaming at me, or wanting to harm me, I can either be fearful, defend myself, take proactive measures to harm them or run away, or I can sit in a space and say, wow, look at this person who's feeling an absence of love and is coming at me from that space. How can I best facilitate a space so that I don't engage in war, but I engage engage in this heart center so it shows them perhaps a loving kindness that um, they've been screaming out for. That takes a lot of courage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What does it mean? You, you said something in, in one of your writings that I found very interesting, to be the storyteller and the story. Well, that is the, the realization that there is nowhere we don't exist. Um, one of the limitations of, of where we are today is we think we're just ourselves in this body and we're, there is no other. There's another saying that says, um, God is nowhere outside of within, whatever God means to any one person. Um, and that is the idea that we are expressions of consciousness in a finite form or a hollow reed through which we extend ourselves. And the part of waking up is to wake up to not only a, a wider perspective within this body, but to wake up to a state of realization that we exist everywhere in different forms and different energetic signatures and so at that state of creation we are the one who is writing the story that is extending through this organism that i call jeff for example and we are the actor on that stage and we are doing all things at once so it awakening is opening up to all the perspectives and when you wake up to that it's much easier to take responsibility for both ends of the equation and that, I would say, is probably the most difficult process anyone will undertake. Yeah, it's hard to wrap the mind around that one, isn't it? <laughs> it is. The mind can't contain that one, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm running into a lot of that stuff that my mind just can't contain. Um, Me too. So when we're talking about being the storyteller and the story, how does that relate to being the manifester and the manifested? Oh, it's exactly the same thing. So if I'm sitting in form is what I perceive to be Jeff here in any given place. And I think that what is actually happening is limited to what I can perceive from my own human point of view, then I'm going to live in a limited uh, existence is where we find ourselves today because the other aspects have atrophied. For example, the Kogi people in Northern Colombia, the the mamas or their version of the Pacos, when they're recognized, like the Rinpoches are recognized in Tibet, um, they're taken into isolation in the dark and in their caves for the first seven years of their lives in order to develop their their holistic 
uh, sensibilities and sensitivities. And then after that, they're introduced to their third dimensional or five elemental uh, senses. And that way, their basis of reality is based on much more esoteric reality. So it depends on our training, you know. Um, we, I, I think we just are running on a couple of cylinders, you might say, here. Absolutely. So short of being locked into a cave the first years of our lives, what's involved? How can we awaken uh, to consciousness? Well, the thing I found is it's experiential, and that's the reason why I do the programs and retreats is to hold a space for people to discover it for themselves. You know, the teacher model is was fantastic, but it's no longer. It's now about guidance to help people find the light or the intelligence that sits inside of them both in the yachai or that intelligence of the mind, the munai, what they call it in the Andes, the intelligence of the heart, and then a combination of creative fertility and will, the second and the third chakra, or yonkai. And then those three main power centers to be developed and given opportunity to guide themselves in safe settings in order to find their way in this world. And, you know, it's, it's tough because the world may not respond to you in that idealistic way, but that's the thing that gives you the opportunity to make the choice through free will to to do something different. You know, and the, the funny thing is when you do something different, the world out there thinks you're weird or strange and all that. But I look at Steve Jobs and him saying, think different. And, you know, a decade later or so, two decades later, now the world is different as a result of his courage to do that. You know, there's I, I could call it the Galileo effect. The world is round and not flat. There's always an opportunity to engage something from a loving presence. It just may not be the cultural norm, but it takes the the pioneer and the uh, the courage to to go into those spaces. And, you know, crabs in a pot always try to pull the other crab back down, and it just takes a lot of determination and sometimes a lot of tears to, to do this. But there's a lot of that happening now in a number of places where – this type of work is happening, and at the same time, that's why the you see the Pacos in the Andes and the various indigenous um, elders coming down and offering uh, their part of the equation to form a larger solution. Yeah, it's amazing. I was at the Star Knowledge Conference, um, and there was a whole mm-hmm. bunch of, I was presenting there, a whole bunch of indigenous people bringing their rendition of the same thing. It was just mm-hmm. fascinating to watch, just yeah. fascinating. Well, we're going to have to take another short break. On the other side of it, I'd like you to tell me what a Pacos is, if you don't mind. <laughs> so, no problem. Great. Thank you so much. Jeffrey and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to receive our amazing topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Past episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, 
Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or guest that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one interested in listening. Our guest this hour, Jeffrey Wyam, is the founder of Wisdom Keepers Project, his website, wisdomkeepersproject.org. Jeffrey, we were um, just about to define the Pacos. Tell us about the Pacos. <clears throat> the Pacos are, uh, you could call them the medicine people of the high Andes. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of people will confuse them as shaman, and they're not really shaman. Shaman is a different construct. These are, uh, of you could call it a vertical working aspect where you see something that may be in its incomplete form here in, in manifested reality, and they call upon the Iya, or the unmanifest energy, in order to bring that down and create a complete form. Mm, they like, are... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's, it's kind of like galactic shamanism, then. Yeah, it's, it's a celestial shamanism. The Pacos exist on 13 different levels of initiation. In the beginning, they um, start working with their own ego, and the funny word in Quechua for ego is actually caca, so you have to deal with your caca, which is <laughs> totally appropriate, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> and then once you, you work that, you work through the shadow side of power, and then you start to work with 
herbs and medicines and uh, minerals in the plant kingdom the and things like that and then you start to work with the mountain spirits uh, those would be celestial beings that occupy the mountains otherwise known as apus in the andes and those exist in four different levels and then um, if your training takes you up and your dedication keeps you going up into the seventh level it transitions from what's called a pampa messiah which is pampa means earth or land one who does the earthwork to alto messiah and those are words that the spanish chroniclers created alto meaning high misa meaning the mass or the altar and then yoke one who embodies so alto messiah one who embodies the high mass or the celestial realms and then at that point it transitions and you start working in more in celestial ways in addition to all the earth matters and you start are to translate that ia down into matter and bring it into resolution and then those levels continue up into off-planetary realities and dimensionalities and interdimensional work so that you're working in the overall construct with different levels of consciousness in different realms well you know the lakota um have a ceremony that they do every year they still do it actually um in the black hills and that's why the black hills was such a bone of contention uh as far as their holy land went because they have spots on the land that correspond to um constellations and they have members of families that for generations have passed down ceremony that they perform um, on those spots at a particular time of each year. So it's like rebalancing heaven and earth. Well, heaven and earth is always balanced. It's a matter of rebalancing the people to the energies of heaven and earth. Sounds like that's what the Pacos do as well. Absolutely. You could call them intermediaries between heaven and earth. And so it's, it's having a dialogue or a praying into, it's really tapping into the etheric blueprint or the DNA and bringing in the frequencies to balance people who right now we're undergoing just this past weekend was a huge cosmic uh, influx of energy and it caused a lot of unsettling and discomfort for people and so the the paco's job is to help uh, people integrate that or prepare the garden so to speak so that uh, that next level of consciousness can grow out of it I'm glad you mentioned that because I certainly see in my practice where there'll be a theme running through it. Everybody will have their different rendition, but it's like we're all being bathed in something that's bubbling a particular issue forward. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I I would say we just have to address the resistance that we have inside. You know, there's the largest problem we have is our resistance to change. You know, we usually tend to wait until change is easier than staying stuck. And then we make that thing. That's a very painful way of doing it. So... Um, they help to bring in a, a means and a way for people to work and evolve consciously instead of waiting until the imbalance comes from the disease because they're not integrating the energies and therefore creating a disharmonic in themselves. As we've moved into this particular part of the galaxy, into this particular age, it appears that things are moving much more quickly. And, of course, that was prophesied that time would shorten. Mm-hmm. We don't have as much leeway to just sit on, sit on the fence, do we? No, it's it's here and now. And, you know, we're coming up, this uh, solstice we're coming up to is going to be very powerful because there's going to be a dissolution uh, between what you call 3D and then above 3D, a 5D, for example, whereas now there's a little bit of a interface that's going to dissolve and we're going to really need to step it up and, and be at a higher cognitive and a higher energetic level. And um, part of the prophecies is you'll start to see kind of appearance of kind of a, a mental discomfort or imbalance because people that aren't able to digest or operate at these higher frequencies are going to start struggling. It's, um, there, there's some talk about moving from the fourth world to the fifth world. Is this what you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah, the Hopi, uh, the fifth sun, you could call it. And this, we're moving to a time of a reconnectivity and that balance between heaven and earth and heart and mind. And and those that choose to just stay in a state of war will start to suffer uh, because of that. It's it's where we came from long ago, and it's where we're returning to. We're just on a different uh, plane of that evolutionary spiral. You know, the also the um, Mayan, uh, they talked about the end of days. Um, yeah. But days was shifting between positive and negative, a polarized being. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing they're prophesizing, isn't it? Yeah, I find uh, throughout the world they're all speaking the same language. <laughs> in it's other just words, us. we just speak different languages. That that might be our problem. <laughs> <laughs> we could be in some exciting times, right? Absolutely. 
Yeah. And I think it all is an opportunity as well. That's important for me to say, because it's very easy to go into fear because that's kind of pushed out through the media these days and to understand not all media, of course, but, you know, the mainstream. And we have to understand that everything is just a perspective and our truth comes from our, our experiential reality. How many of us do you think it's going to take? I mean, you know, some people say, well, everybody has to move at once or we're all doomed. Um, how many do you think it's going to take to step into this new way of being before it it predominates? Well, there's the 100th monkey effect, and, and some people will say 144,000. Other people will say 12% of the world's population. Um, so it's right around there. It's surprisingly not many um, on the overall scale. And it's very easy to look out and say, wow, there's a lot of work to do because there's a lot of imbalance out there. And I just tend to say, focus on the balance because whatever you focus on, it makes it stronger. Absolutely. Absolutely. No truer words were ever spoken. Um, Jeffrey, do you see us in the being as being in an environmental crisis? I see us in a place where we're recognizing what no longer works. I wouldn't call it a crisis. I would say we're just very strongly in a space where um, we recognize it's time for change. And, you know, the interesting thing is like in the Andes, for example, they say the wisdom is stored in the glacier. And in order for people to absorb that wisdom, the glaciers need to melt. And that's based on larger solar cycles. And if you look out even in the planets in our own solar system, all of the planets are increasing their temperature. So it's not just global warming here based on so much of what we're putting into the atmosphere, but it's part of the galactic rotation and and the increase of energies from the sun and the cosmos that are coming through that are increasing the the temperature everywhere. So everything is in perfect order. Everything is in perfect unfoldment. We can either say the sky is falling or we're levitating, one of the two. Yeah, I like that. You know, one one of the things that, that I've noticed is, you know, we're moving into a more higher charged part of the galaxy that's mm-hmm. exciting the um, uh, plasma on the leading edge of the sun's heliosphere, which is bathing interplanetary space. So it's not just the Earth that's heating up. All the other planets are heating also, and that's yeah. scientifically based. So mm-hmm. we kind of have a, um, a large view of ourselves that we're the ones causing all of this, yes? Yeah, I mean, there are certain agendas being pushed, and, you know, it's it's all for various reasons. But, you know, I think when people come to understand what's really going on, then that will take away a lot of the fear. And I'm I'm grateful for programs like this that, that put that information out there because it's, it's really needed. And we all need to find the place where we can come to our best center. And it doesn't take much. A lot of people ask me, you know, what can I do to help? And the answer is quite simple. And it's what the elders always say. It's just like change your heart. And from there and occupying that loving space, you'll change your perspective and you'll understand that there's opportunity in everything you do to bring that loving kindness and presence and, um, you know, to overcome the knee-jerk reaction to oppose and go to war. And, um, you know, from there, it's just a matter of us coming back together and we're much stronger as a collective than we are individually. So we swung way out to one edge of the pendulum into individuality and fear. And now we're coming back into um, a collective balance in between. So we're about out of time. Would you mm-hmm. share what you think is the single most important thing a person can do to step out of this illusion of separation? I think take a look very deeply in the mirror and ask themselves, ourselves, what we're afraid of, and then find someone who um, has the capacity to listen and ask them to listen and talk and let yourself spill forth everything you're afraid of and be heard for that and then be reassured that everything is fine. You know, we um, we just need to come out of isolation and and not be afraid of ourselves and each other and stop trying to perform in order to get acceptance externally and validation externally and really turn inward and start to develop Um, the community, the tribe, the spaces where we can sit and care for one another, you know, and that's very important between men and women at this time, because there's a a huge imbalance between masculinity and femininity, Mm -hmm. not only outside of ourselves, but inside of ourselves. This has been so amazing. I really don't want it to end, but we're out of time. Jeffrey, Mm -hmm. thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Our guest this hour has been Jeffrey Wyam producer of the film Wisdom Keepers and the founder of Wisdom Keepers Project, his website, wisdomkeepers.project.org. This has been the Science of Magic. Join our email family to be the first to receive our topic-driven episodes at thescienceofmagic.net. 
Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you embrace the intelligence of your heart. 